The Alt Fantasy Sports Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the D-Gen Dance. Our March Madness bankroll contest is back. Free to enter and $1,000 in cash and prizes up for grabs. Plus, we've got first half under bingo. Enter both contests on the SGPN app. And welcome to the Alt Fantasy Sports Podcast. I'm Adam Pelletier, and that is Jay. Mark, Justin, Mark, joining us from somewhere in Iowa or Idaho, somewhere out there. I don't even know. Which I state are you in? Illinois, Indiana? It's Iowa. Come on. <laughs> ah, got it, got it. You're a cyclone. That's right. Or a Hawkeye. I'll root for the cyclones in basketball. Oh, wait. That's right. Sorry. Cornhuskers. You're Cornhuskers <laughs> out there. We got it. Definitely so, not a Cornhusker. <laughs> so the Cornhusker himself, Justin Mark, is here. Justin, week four is in the books. How are you feeling about the XFL and your fantasy and your XFL fantasy squads? More importantly, yeah, I mean, I feel like I can't make a uh, proper decision as far as quarterback goes in one of my leagues. I finally pulled Derek King because it's like, well, they're going to start Hunley for good now, and then Hunley gets pulled, and they had mixed reports. Was it an injury? Was it a performance? They said both. So, um, yeah, I can't seem to hit the mark there. Most of the time in spring football, <laughs> it's a performance thing. That's when what I thought, an, too. When there's an unclear, if we've learned anything over the years, it's that when there's an unclear answer, it's usually performance-based, and they just don't want to embarrass the guy, especially the guy that they paid so much money for, that it's performance-based. So, I mean, mean, and Luis Perez didn't look bad. I mean, and we'll just get right into it because, like, the Vipers, okay, so there are two 0-4 teams right now in the XFL. They're the Vipers and they're the Orlando Guardians. And one of these teams, I feel like, doesn't really belong. Yeah. And the other one, I feel like, has just had the absolute worst luck ever. (laughs) I mean, Orlando is just a dumpster fire. They've scored 49 points this season. 49 yeah. over four games. They are on they are pushing to break the Atlanta Legends record for fewest points in a spring football season. And that's saying something. That's saying something. <laughs> they average like eleven points a game. They're slightly better right now, but I don't think it's gonna get better for Orlando. Vegas, on the other hand, is outscoring. Two teams that have better records. San Antonio is one and three, but has only scored 64 points. And Arlington is two and two, but has only scored 57 points. Like Vegas has scored 70 points. They've been in every game they've played in. And they've yeah. just played two 
absolutely god-awful weather games. Yeah, and I think Arlington is probably the most deceiving of them all with being two and two, but they are terrible. And as much as I don't like saying nice things about Luis Perez, he looked decent. He looked pretty good. Um, obviously, they didn't get the win, but DC defenders are on another level. So, um, yeah, and the Guardians are just, I guess, props, if I have to say one nice thing about the Guardians, props to um, Paxton Lynch for coming back in after being benched for Francois and being able to at least throw a touchdown and and do a little bit with the ball, but it's obviously not been enough. Yeah. I mean, Deandre Francois just looks awful and Paxton Lynch just seems like he doesn't care. Like he seems like a dude who took millions of John Elway's money and now just (laughs) wants to cruise in spring football and hope nobody remembers that he's a thing. Like when you look at his stat line, you're like, Oh, it was a decent fantasy day, 18 of 30, 267 and two touchdowns. But it's important to remember they were well out of that game by the time he did anything. They were down 26-10 at the half. And then in the third quarter, they scored a touchdown to cut it before another one was scored. So they're down 32-16 heading into the third. And then Houston just put the foot on the gas. Like A.J. Smith and the Houston Roughnecks are just toying with bad defenses right now. And Houston – I'm still not sure how good Houston. I mean, I think Houston's good. I just, they haven't been punched in the mouth by anybody yet. And they've played Orlando twice. So yes, they're four and oh, but they beat the hell out of Orlando twice, which doesn't impress me at all. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. Um, I think we're going to see a lot moving forward of what team they really are when they, they face teams like the uh, sea dragons who have a good offense and see if they can slow them down. But, um, Houston on offense, getting it done. I mean, even with Max Borgi out, they uh, Dejun Lee comes in and does very well for them. Yeah, I mean, and just with this absolute electric primetime game coming up as Justin gets yelled at by Miranda, the better fantasy football player in the Mark household, <laughs> tune into the old-fashioned football podcast. Actually, she's helping me out. My computer's dying. So I call her. I'm like, can Your you grab my computer cord? Dying? <laughs> yes. She's grabbing Mar- my computer cord Miranda, for me. Miranda, <laughs> I-, I know you can't hear me right now and Justin won't relay it, but it's a good thing you're there because he would be lost without you. you. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so, but we have an absolute, we have like our best XFL game on tap right now with Houston and Seattle. And yes. we're all going to need to take a nap on Thursday to watch the damn game. <laughs> Doesn't start until 10 o'clock. Like, man, sir, Dwayne, some of us need to work tomorrow on Friday. What are you doing to us? The only thing I can think of is it's the start of March Madness. He's trying to wait until most of those games are over. That's the only thing I can think of. He's going to go head to head with the last couple games yeah. of the first night of March Madness. That is all time bring them on energy. And he's got a great pro they got a great product going against it. Like, yeah, I'm gonna be hard. I'm probably not gonna watch the basketball games because those are usually crap games on that late. I'd much rather watch I honest to God, I'd much rather watch Brandon Silvers and Ben Denucci. And I'm not gonna pretend that I, I'm joking. I'm 100 <laughs> percent serious. I would much rather watch that. 
Because... I, I know the I know the 15 seed has upset the two seed a couple times, but it's not happening this year. Watch the XFL game. Watch the XFL game. Watch the two and two Seattle Sea Dragons take on the four and zero Houston Roughnecks. But you know, and Houston is who we thought they were. I mean, John Trey Kirkland yeah. is just an absolute monster in the passing game. Kirkland very much looking like a guy who deserves another NFL shot. You know, two for 49 on four targets, but that is, you know, this was a light game for him, but he also threw a passing touchdown, which was a fantastic wrinkle. Uh, apologies to anyone in Team QB who thought they had a free set of points from the John Trey Kirkland pass. No, you do not get that because John Trey Kirkland is not a QB. Uh, at, at, during the internal AFS conversations, the explanation was, Team QB was there to protect you against platoons, not trick plays. It's a good point. Um, I feel Sorry. I'm I'm on the firm believer, even though it makes it tougher. I I like drafting individual quarterbacks. Don't do team quarterbacks. Let's let's have more of the challenge. What is this communist Russia? Everybody <laughs> just gets the points. Didn't even start the right person. No, make a decision and stand by it. Make a Great. wrong decision. Be the person who started Luis Perez despite him being benched. That was me, and I got some points from him. Be the guy who's sticking with his boy, Jack Cohn, despite the fact he's behind a patchwork offensive line. Own your decision, sirs and madams. Own it. There you go. And in Orlando, Devin Darrington came back. Devin Darrington dominated the touch share for the Orlando running backs, and Charleston Rambo made use of one bomb touchdown. You know, Orlando continues to play a lot of guys and involve a lot of players. Cody Latimer and Lance Lenore paced him again in targets. If Lance Lenore is still available in your leagues, go get him right now. 100% agreed. And it was nice to see Charleston Rambo have some success. He's been pretty quiet when we thought he was going to be decent. Um, it was like him and Jaquez Ezard, who have done nothing all year, now they get their touchdown games, so probably expect him to do nothing going forward, but um, uh, yeah, I like seeing Lance Lenore getting five targets. Uh, that's going to start paying off more and more. They have to throw that ball because they're always going to be behind. So that's definitely somebody to target in the, on your waiver wires. WinBet is the official online sports book of the sports gambling podcast network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and tons of other States. Be on the lookout for the Win Bet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During Win Bet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on Win Bet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. And March Madness is here. So many ways to bet on the big dance. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlor of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to winbet.com or download the WinBet app. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. The D-Gen Dance, our March Madness bankroll contest, is back. Free to enter and $1,000 in cash and prizes up for grabs. Plus, we've got first half under bingo where you can win an SGPN gift card. Enter both contests on the SGPN app. And continuing on, you know, just looking at the Seattle and San Antonio game, I was very shocked by the low-scoring nature of that game. This was a game I had pegged to be one of the higher-scoring games of the weekend. 
But I don't think this is an indictment of those offenses. I think it's more a celebration of those defenses. Like both Cone and Danucci were moving the ball well from a yardage standpoint. Cone, 20 for 39 for 189. That's He doesn't have time right now. If we put a stopwatch on it, Jack Cone is going to be two seconds and he's got to get the ball out every time behind that Brahma's offensive line. And you look at it, the run game isn't there. The Brahmas yeah. were most successful when they were setting up Cone in the play-action passing game. So this offensive line needs to figure it out and keep him upright. Otherwise, they're going to be in a world of hurt against some of these good defenses like the Sea Dragons. Yeah, for sure. And, and this was the Sea Dragons defense best game, I thought. Um, it was nice to see them step up and have them carry the team for once rather than that offense that we know is pretty good. Um, the Brahma's not as much of a surprise. We knew their defense had been performing solid, but I, I kind of wonder if the Brahma's are going to give Reed Sinnott an opportunity soon because Jack Cohn just he hasn't looked the part to me in these last two games. But what does Reed Sinnott bring to the table that Jack Cohn doesn't? Like, how much better is Reed Sinnott? Because if you're looking at this and you look just even at the box score and when you watch the game, it's not a Jack Cohn problem. It's an offensive line problem. Your run game with two of the better backs in the XFL is average, average less than two yards a carry. Jacquez Patrick averaged two and a half. Kalen Balaj averaged one. Jack Cohn was your leading rusher with nine yards on two carries. This is not, this isn't a quarterback problem. This is an offensive line problem. If you diagnose this like a quarterback problem, I think you're more likely to get yourself into trouble. Well, and that's that's the only thing I think Senate has over Cohen is he is a little bit more mobile to move out of the way there. Where you see Cohen, he he chucks it in the dirt a lot, which is great. You don't want your quarterback taking sacks, but I think Senate might be able to roll out and maybe buy just a little bit extra time, maybe. But good point. That offensive line is terrible. When you guys have guys like Jack West Patrick and Kalen Balage and Jack Cohn's your leading rusher, that is not good. Yeah, I mean, you know, I wonder, they were also missing TJ Vasher, and I think we might have underestimated the importance of Landon Akers to this offense. Landon Akers played in week one, and this offense looked like a completely different beast. Since he went out, they've been struggling. Derese Robinson hasn't been able to produce, didn't get any targets on, on Saturday, and Fred Brown hasn't been the same. Like, there were a lot of guys with targets. Travis Toynt. Toivonen had seven, Jalen Tolliver had 10, Fred Brown had six, Elise Mack had four, Kalen Balazs had six. You know, there are passes that the receivers aren't catching. So it's yeah. not like it's just on cone right now. Yeah, true. Um, Toivonen's one to keep your eye on. He didn't have a good catch rate, but seven targets. Um, if they continue to get him in the yeah, mix. Where did that guy come from? Just TJ exactly. Masher goes out. And Toivonen comes out of nowhere. I didn't even know he was a guy. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, and then Seattle just continues to just crush everything offensively. Ben DiNucci, QB2 still right now. You know, even but even the Dragons offense got slowed down by a stingy Brahma's defense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know Knox was still missing for them, but Morgan Ellison may end up if he continues on this path, he may end up being the top running back because he's the one putting up yards, getting touchdowns. So that's this very is Morgan Ellison's job right now. 
just yeah. not even a question. This is Morgan Allison's job, even if Brandon Knox comes back. I think Morgan Allison has looked more explosive. He's looked like the more dynamic rusher. He looks like the back you want if you're if you're Seattle. For sure. And then, you know, it continues to be the top three in Seattle, Jack Core Pearson, Blake Jackson, Josh Gordon. Although Juwan Green, an early season, you know, I know you had Juwan Green pegged as your wide receiver one in preseason. You were all yeah. aboard Juwan Green. You thought he was going to be the guy starting to emerge a little bit here. Six targets, four catches, had the touchdown. You know, could we start to see Juwan Green take away some of the opportunities here as defenses roll coverage to try to deal with Pearson, Jackson, and Gordon? I mean, I think so. I think he's the next guy that's going to be stepping up for them and starting to shine because the defense does have to focus so much on those other guys. This, Like we said before, this offense, it's hard to stop. There are so many weapons on that field. Yeah, I mean, it feels like you need to have all four of those pass catchers rostered. And you're starting Pearson, Jackson, and Gordon week in and week out. You might start green. Yeah, agreed. So, I, I mean... There's not much else to say. I don't think there's another week where Seattle's going to be held to that low a total uh, through the, you know, on the ground because Ben DiNucci, first thousand yard passer in the XFL this year, you know, 1,100 yards already, eight touchdowns against four picks. Granted, he has butterfingers and keeps fumbling, but if he's two to one on touchdowns to interceptions, you're loving it. That's not even a question right there. For sure. You know, and just Morgan Ellison currently pacing the league and rushing at 239, despite only starting three games. You know, he's yeah. also got a five point. He's also rushing the ball at a 5.2 yard per clip. You know, this Dragons offense is that I'm going to be interested to see what happens this week against Houston and Wade Phillips. I think that yeah. this is going to be a big test for both teams. Agreed. Yeah, this is um, probably the game that I've most looked forward to all season. So I'm definitely interested to see that best offense against that best defense and see what happens. This has some shades of in the XFL in 2020, the last XFL game in 2020 was the best game when we had the wildcats taking on the Seattle dragons. It was, or was it? Yeah, it was the dragons. It was top to bottom, the best XFL game. Well, hopefully that's not a, uh, Oh, I hope it's not the last one. Trust me. I'm I'm (laughs) loving this right now. This is week five. So everybody's got a little bit of PTSD right now. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We're also brought to you by underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy is heating up for March madness. College pick'em is a great way to get in on the action, especially if your bracket is busted after day one. Plus underdog fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. So just continuing on, we had a raucous battle dome in St. Louis. (laughs) And this was a game that we highlighted and said, Arlington needs to put up or shut up. This is going to prove whether they're for real. And let me tell you, Arlington doesn't seem like they're it. Agreed. I don't don't know what happened to Kyle Sloter if the Monstars took his talent and the Monstars (laughs) are Jonathan Hayes and Chuck Long's offense. But for the assemblage of talent 
in the primary three between Canella, Davion Smith, and Kyle Sloter. And then even bringing in a seasoned veteran like Kenneth Farrell, this offense is atrocious. Yeah, it is. It's, and it's, go ahead. No, all you go ahead. I was just going to say, it's really interesting to me that um, they decided to roll with Sloter after starting 2-0, and and now they've lost those two games at some point. But, I know Sloter's not the problem, but, but do they look at Plitt again? What does it matter? Your offense <laughs> True. <laughs> your offense is it was anemic both times. Sloter looks a little better. He threw for 200 yards this time, three picks, one of which was an insane end-of-game grounding. I didn't think that that was going to happen. Yeah. You know, that was insane to see him spike it. And I'm just like, oh, okay, well, we're going to do something else. And then I'm like, oh, God, he picked it off. I don't <laughs> yeah. know how he managed that one. But this is just this Arlington, this Arlington offense just seems so dysfunctional. They can't run the ball. I mean, they come out on a fourth and two and they try to run the ball. They call the dive fourth and two and a half. And you're calling a dive to Davion Smith. I like Davion Smith. I think he's good. I think he's one of the better power runners in this league. But you can't expect him to power for two and a half yards. It's not going to happen. Agreed. You got to kick that outside or something. And he started with a, a decent average the first two games, but that offensive line is just not blocked for them these past two. And, and maybe that's why Sloter has looked bad now that he's come in. But yeah, can't get anything going on the run game. When you're leading Russia has 24 yards, you're going to have trouble winning any game. I think the other thing is, Sloter's not running. I, I don't right. know if that's coaching or if he's still got a nagging injury, but Kyle Sloter in the USFL ran the ball a yeah. lot. And that was what made him, that was part of what made him so prolific was his ability to run with the ball in his hands. You know, we're talking about a guy who played receiver for a bit at Northern Colorado. You know, he's a guy who can run. He's a guy who can make plays. You know, he's a guy who, in the USFL, ran 20 times for 50 yards, you know, and that's a little deceiving, you know, but he's an athletic guy. He needs yeah. to get out and run. Yeah, and more, even more than running, we saw in the USFL, he would roll the pocket or move out of danger, and you're not seeing that as much right now. So um, it, it does make me think that you're right, that maybe there is a, a, a nagging injury there or – after his injuries in the USFL, maybe he is unfortunately playing a little scared. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Arlington needs to figure something out because right now they have three backs that are highly talented in Smith, Farrow, and Killens, and they've got Canella, and they are lacking in the receiver department, and we did think that yeah. that might be the hamstring for this Arlington team, but we thought with the good running game, Kyle Sloter throwing the ball in South Canella as the safety blanket, they'd be fine, but God, there were just so many drops. Tyler Vaughn dropped how many? Caleb Vanderesh dropped three. Brandon Arcanado dropped three. And these are not just like, oh, they might have been drops. No, these are passes that were hitting guys in the hands and then hitting yeah. the turf. Yep, for sure. Um, they're doing no favors to Sloter there, for sure. Yeah, and it's just going to be interesting to see how next week, how that shakes out in as blah, 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 blah. As the Renegades play the Brahmas next Sunday, also a late game, a late Sunday night game, Rock is testing all of us. He's trying to run us all ragged, um, <laughs> you know, but it's going to be interesting to see how this receiving killer starts, continues to shake out because Arcanado might find himself on the bench a little bit more. 
Is that going to be Luan, Luan Winningham, Jordan Smallwood? You know, who's going to step up and start taking those targets for Arlington? And is Arlington a candidate to bring in an outside wide receiver late here? I mean, they certainly should because the guys now aren't getting it done. And this is a league where you have multiple drops two weeks in a row that it's got to be next man up. Um, Smallwood's been probably the most disappointing player in the XFL so far for me. A lot of hype about how he was going to look out of the slot, and he's just done next to nothing. So um, he's been a, a big disappointment for me for sure. And and even with a bad offensive line, your slot guy that you can dump it off to is the guy that should benefit, but he's just not. Yeah, I mean, in looking at their opponents from last weekend, the Battlehawks, the Renegades' defense kept them in check. They held the Battlehawks to 11 first-half points and then 13 in the second half. In this day and age, if your defense is holding it to 24, it shouldn't be a two-score game. They lost by right. 13. They lost by two touchdowns. This game needed to be closer. They made A.J. McCarron, you know, they made him uncomfortable. He threw yeah, for 214, for two touchdowns and a pick, but he was uncomfortable all game. But at the end of the day, the stat that's telling to me is Brian Hill ran 18 times for 89 yards. The Battlehawks eventually just broke them down. Yeah, yep. And that crowd broke them down too, I think. Um, but yeah, good for Brian Hill. I mean, he said it was a lot of, or one of the first times people have been able to see him play live since um, high school because mm -hmm. he hasn't played around St. Louis. So good for him for having a, a good game. But. Um, another guy that really stood out to me, Darius Shepard, these past two weeks has really started to be a problem. And I, maybe it's because they're focusing more on Hakeem Butler and Austin Prohl, but Darius Shepard, eight for eight, 91 yards and a touchdown. Um, he's somebody that if maybe he did slip, nobody drafted him right away and he's still out on the waivers, go grab him now. I, I mean, I think you're more likely looking at a trade here. I think this is the time of yeah. year where you're looking at, is there a QB needy team? Are you someone who's sitting there with like Sloter and Taomu or something? You need to flip somebody. This is the time of year where you need to make a move. You need to solidify yourself and you need to get deeper. You know, sure. make a trade right now. Someone like Darius Shepard, Hakeem Butler had a little bit of a down week. Austin Prohl didn't find the end zone, but that's against a good Arlington defense. He was still four for six. You know, Austin Prohl is going to keep getting work over the middle. Six targets is good. This team has really set its top three. It's Shepard, Butler, and Prohl. And when Aitman comes back, it'll probably be some combination of eight. It'll probably be Aitman, Butler, and Shepard will be their top three, and Prohl will kind of get phased out a little bit. But this St. Louis team is another team. Go get the top three guys. Yeah. Yeah, they, they – um they're not as flashy, obviously, as the Sea Dragons, but they're still moving the ball well and putting up points. I mean, yeah, they're still putting up points. They've outscored the Seattle by nine points on the season. You know, they have a better point differential right now, and they're out gain and they're um, only a few. They're definitely they're about a hundred yards worse a game, but their points output is better. So, for fantasy, it's probably a wash because Seattle gives yeah. you a little bit more consistency, but there is that, that St. Louis is a consistent offense with consistent, reliable pieces. Yeah. And then lastly, the DC defenders absolutely manhandling the Vegas Vipers for three quarters before the fourth quarter got interesting, but Vegas can't seem to catch a break weather wise. <laughs> 
Yeah, no kidding. Um, especially against DC, apparently. Yeah, I mean, just cold and rainy there, but the beer snake was out in force. That was great to see. And Brett Hundley couldn't catch a break either. Four for five for 50, and he gets benched. Yeah. And, um, and again, we talked about it a little bit. You say injury, you say performance. Spring football, it's usually performance. That sounds like performance to you and me who have watched a lot of spring football, followed these, followed four leagues now. They don't like to embarrass guys. Unlike yeah. the NFL, which the embarrassment will get out very quickly, there's less beat reporters embedded. There's a lot less desire for anybody to overtly embarrass a guy unless yeah. they're a reporter or somebody who has the ear of the guy who embarrassed him. Like if there was someone who was tight with Luis Perez, that person says it's performance. I'm going to bet it's performance. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. He got um, benched after that last fumble. Um, but then they were like, well, he's, he's injured too. He got banged up, but um, Luis Perez, like I said, at the beginning, he looked decent. He came in and showed that he could control that team. Now, Obviously, they didn't get it done. They didn't win, but I don't think that was necessarily Luis Perez's fault. That defender's defense is very good, and the Vipers' defense could not stop defenders on offense. I mean, for fantasy purposes, garbage time points count just as much as regular points. We all know that. (laughs) You know, so 283, two touchdowns. It might have come in the fourth quarter. Counts the same and had him with another good QB week. I mean, he's been consistently producing week after week after week. And he's someone that we think is just going to keep producing. You know, he's our second high. He's our QB too. Heading into this week. Yeah. Um, And I think he probably gets the start over Hunley. I guess it will have to watch closely. They probably won't even tell us, but um, yeah, I think Perez is, is looking at another good day next week. I mean, and don't forget, the Battle Hawks defense isn't great. That's what's extra concerning about that Arlington performance is the Battle Hawks defense <laughs> was consistently the worst defense in the XFL. They remain, oh, they got a little better. They jumped up to third in passing yards against after that turd burger by Arlington. But, <laughs> you know, their second worst in rushing yards against, you know, Vegas is no slouch running the ball. Yeah, You know, John Lovett and Rod Smith can get it done. And Jeff Bidette, Sinkyu, Sweeting, and now Matthew Sexton. You know, there are plenty of guys there in St. Louis, in Vegas, that I'm liking in the receiving course. Sinkyu, Sweeting continues to be a value that a lot of folks picked up on. Brandon Dillon, a nice late addition here out of the tight end slot. You know, consistent production, three for 47. We'll see what that looks like. But the Geronimo Allison hype train does appear to be DOA. Yes, agreed. And and he was ruled inactive. And I don't even think he had an injury. So I think, yeah, he's just, you know, we talked about it uh, last episode. We've talked about it almost every episode. Just he's not been showing that dog fight, you know, that you need to have in these spring football leagues. I'm calling it right now before I draft my first USFL team, which will probably start on the 15th. Draft's open for the USFL on April on March 15th, by the way, folks. One month out, we open it up over at Alt Fantasy. Uh, we might do Fantasy IFL, too. Don't tell anybody, but that might be a <laughs> thing, too, in case you were wanting to dive deeper down the D-Gen hole. Um, 
So, but I'm staying away from NFL washouts, guys who have been out of the NFL or on back-end NFL rosters that were once had playing time. I'm just, I'm avoiding those guys like the plague right now. They just, they don't seem to work. Yeah, agreed. I don't know what it is, but they just, they don't seem hungry enough. Um, the only exception I can think of is like Bo Scarborough last year in the USFL. Was but Bo Scar- Do we consider him an NFL bounce back? Like he Bo played Scar- for the Lions. I remember watching play snaps? against the Bears. Mm, okay, that doesn't count. The Bears aren't an <laughs> NFL team, and you know it. How dare you? Um, I will say, I applaud Ryan Pro- Poles right now. Ryan Poles. I know this is an XFL at USFL. <laughs> Ryan Poles pulled off the move of the year by trading. Roquan Smith for a second rounder and then getting a better version of Roquan Smith and Tremaine Edmonds for less money. Yes. Bra- Bravo, yeah. Ryan Poles. <laughs> Represent an upstate New York well. Canadagua Academy grad, ladies and gentlemen. Ryan Poles, the pride of the Finger Lakes right now in the NFL. And I'm excited about that move. I think that's a huge he help fleeced, for our defense. He fleeced. Carolina <laughs> badly. Like if that trade happened in a fantasy league, <laughs> veto, your league would veto. Retire, your league <laughs> would veto it, vote it down in a heartbeat. For sure. No, oh, I guess he did play for a bit. 18 yeah. to 20. He was on the regular season. Yeah. 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 I guess he did play some. Bo Scarborough is the exception, I guess. Right. But regardless, I agree with you. Um, the, you know, you picking one guy doesn't make it uh, make it wrong. Those guys that have been in the NFL, they just don't seem hungry enough for some reason. I don't know if it's because they've had their shot. I don't get it. But you would think they would be hungrier because they want to get back to it. But these guys that haven't had the opportunities to uh, get good playing time, they definitely seem hungrier. One guy who looks especially hungry, especially around the goal line. Derek King. Yeah. Eric King is a must start right now. Three touchdowns. Derek yeah. King has been an absolute monster around the goal line. He currently has two passing touchdowns for 59 yards, but it's the rushing touchdowns that are really doing it because he has four. He has double what the sec he has double Max Borgie's production. He has doubled Darren Lee's, and he has doubled Jordan Tawamu's. Derek King, four touchdowns across four, six touchdowns across four games. Start him this week. Start him next week. Start him every week from here on out, ladies and gentlemen. And raise your hand if you decided eh, I'm going to bench him because Hunley had such a big game last week. He's going to have another big game. Yep, I'm the idiot that did uh... that. So. I, I, uh, I'll admit Hundley it. had a big game. I was excited. <laughs> I, I was right there with you, Justin. I'm not going to lie right there with you, but you know, Jordan Tawamu also seems to continue have good game, 89 yards rushing 177 yards passing, just can't seem to get it in the end zone, but you know, he's 14 of 19. The completion percentage is there. Yeah. You know, uh, the DC defender staff seems to have figured out how to use Jordan Tomu correctly. Something Todd Haley could not do. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. So, you know, credit there and, you know, Abram Smith running hard, running well, low yards per carry, but still getting stuff done, still making work. Volume is King. 
in spring football, just like any other one. And Chris Blair is a little bit of a latecomer here, not someone that was on a top lot of boards. Lucky Jackson, Jaquezit Azard were the guys we were talking about, Josh Hammond too. But Chris Blair seems to be taking the top off the defense, stretching the field deep. He and Lucky Jackson seem like the receivers you want to have in D.C. right now. Yeah, for sure. When you have four catches and you average 21 yards a catch, that's something you want to chase in, in fantasy football, especially in a spring league where you don't necessarily have those giant games all the time. So, yeah, um, he's absolutely looked impressive and somebody that you need to target, um, whether that's draft or – I mean, I know they're a running team, but whether that's – not draft, sorry, trade or in the waivers if he's out there. Yeah, I mean, and I might, you might have to start fading Raquel Armstead. You might need to be out on him. You know, only four touches this weekend, five total opportunities. So four rushes, one target just didn't produce anything. And that's just, that makes me nervous. You know, they seem to be phasing him out in favor of more De'Eric King rushes, more Abram Smith rushes, more Jordan Talamu rushes. And it's hard to argue with the, the result they're getting doing it. So, um, but yeah, I, I agree there. He's definitely on my fade list, especially after I decided to throw him in on DFS. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, lit that money on fire. <laughs> Absolutely. So, who are your top three receivers this week, Justin? Who are you looking at? As far as picking up or starting? Starting. Who are the three starting. receivers okay. you're targeting to start this week? I mean, I know they're against a tough defense, but it's hard to go not have Jacor Pearson in there. He's a target machine out of that slot position for the Sea Dragons. Um, I, I really like Hakeem Butler. I, I like what he's been doing for the Battle Hawks. I know his numbers got skewed to look a little bit better last week because of that late touchdown, but I still think he's a he's a matchup problem at six foot five. Um, and then Jantre Kirkland, he's just a beast. Um, he, you know, catching touchdowns, throwing touchdowns, whatever he's doing, he's, he's one of the top wide receivers in the league. How about you? I'm putting Jeff Pitt at one this week. Ooh, nice. He's got the juicy guardians matchup. The guardians have been absolutely awful against the pass. They are currently worst in the XFL against the past averaging two and a half passing touchdowns against a game. Jeff Pedetta has been carving up much better defenses than him. Look for a big game out of Pedette this week. And then I'm going to go to Hakeem Butler just because I think Hakeem Butler has been getting consistent targets. He gets the red zone work. He's physically dominating. He's imposing as well. And the Battle Hawks get to play the defenders. So, and another home game. Look for them to stay amped. They open the 400 level even more. St. Louis loves it. And yeah. to whoever... Quick aside, to whoever, I saw this a couple times on social media this weekend, saying, no, don't, they, the St. Louis fans need to let it go. Stop with the stand, stop with the crunky su- sucks chance. No, St. <laughs> Louis, you do that anytime they put a sporting event on TV in your city. You make sure everybody knows Stan Kroenke left you high and dry to chase the money in the glitz and glam of L.A., leaving behind a pro sports mecca in St. Louis. St. Louis is a phenomenal sports town. They deserve professional football. For embracing the XFL, the XFL should put the hub and training camp in St. Louis next year. 
St. Louis is a football town. Everyone thinks it's baseball. Everyone thinks it's hockey. No, it is a football town, and they are embracing this team, and this team has a chip on its shoulder. It's coach. It's players. you got to love to see it, and make sure every time that camera comes into your stadium, you make sure they hear, Cronky sucks. Cronky sucks. Every time. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it Seeing that passionate uh, fan group was just awesome. It was awesome. 38,310 people screaming their heads off for the Battle Hawks. That was great. I look forward to the Brahmas trying to set, trying to catch them <laughs> in the attendance race. Uh, and my, so I have Bedette, Butler, and I'm going Kirkland. I'm leaving mm-hmm. Jacor Pearson off this week. Ooh, I know I that's he's... a hot take. It's not that I think he's not good. It's that I think those other three are going to have such big games this week due to the matchup. I yeah. think that uh, the Bills just made $32 million in cap space. <laughs> I'm happy that with that. Glad we both have our Bleacher Report notifications on this right? time of year. Uh <laughs> Also, side note, if anyone's listening to this in the Bills front office, go sign Hakeem Butler and Jacko Pearson yesterday, <laughs> please. Um, I just think Kirkland, Bidette, and Butler have big games on tap, and I don't know that Pearson has that. I think Seattle's going to spread the ball around a lot on Thursday night, and I think Houston's going to have to concentrate its game so much into Kirkland. Kirkland's been their clear number one, and they're going to have to pull out all this, and Houston's going to have to pull out all the stops to punch with Seattle offensively and same thing for Seattle, but for Seattle that involves spreading the ball around for Houston that involves focusing on Kirkland. Yeah, for sure. And it's going to be a great game. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. All right. Top three backs this week. Who are you rolling with? Brian Hill can't, I mean, I know the defenders are a good defense, but he's just, he runs so hard. Morgan Ellison, because they're going to have to balance, have a balance offense against the uh, the Roughnecks. And then on the other side of the ball there, Max Borgi, if he comes back, if not Dijon Lee, but Max Borgi, I think, will be back. Um, Seattle can be uh, a little bad at stopping the run there. Um, they did well last week, but I think that's where you can get them and move the ball well. So I like Max Borgi. Listen, I'm going full fade a bad defense. And I got to say, I'm against the, I got to fade the Vipers right now. Give me some Devin Darrington this weekend. I think Devin Darrington could be in line for a big weekend. It looked like he dominated those touches. He seems hungry and spoiler alert, pay attention to whether Quentin Flowers is active this weekend. DeAndre Francois has looked like absolute garbage. Paxton Lynch doesn't care. And Quentin Flowers has that dog in him. Quentin Flowers is a guy who needs to be, if you're a QB needy team, Quentin Flowers, because he came in and was not dominant for the Vipers <laughs> in 2020, or not the Vipers, the uh, Dragons in 2020, but he was winning games. He was winning games and he was running the ball hard and he was getting into the end zone. Yeah. So give me Devin Garrington. I think Davion Smith gets right this weekend for the Renegades. Look for him to have a big game. And then I'm going to go Kalen Bellage. I think Saint, I think San Antonio gets it right this weekend. Nice. Quarterbacks, who are you thinking? It's hard not to go with the same guys. A.J. McCarron, 
Um, I got to throw Brandon Silvers on there because they're going to have to pass this ball. And then uh, the Nooch, Ben Danucci. Yeah, I mean, it's Danucci and Silvers for me for sure. But then I'm going with Luis Perez. I think Luis Perez is going to take advantage of a bad Orlando secondary. And I think he's just going to have a big weekend, you know? Yeah. So I think whoever starts a quarterback for the Vipers has a big weekend. Yeah. I agree. I mean, yeah, fading the Guardians is always a solid move. <laughs> so, Justin, I know that we're in XFL mode right now, but USFL drafts open this week. They open Wednesday. Yes, sir. Who's your number one pick? I got it. You're probably going to steal him from me now, but got to go with uh, my Philadelphia Stars, Case Kukas. Case Kukas, <sighs> cook it up. I think he's going to have a good year again. Gotta love the returning quarterback. I mean, Case Cook yeah. is, is probably the best returning quarterback we have right now. Although I will say, give me a give me a little bit of Chase Bryce here out of App State. Yeah. I'm intrigued yeah. by him. He's a guy who's played at multiple levels, and you know, I'm interested to see if he actually plays in the USFL this year. I feel like he's a guy who might not actually um probably won't get taken in the nfl draft i don't know and i don't know how far he'll fall he's a guy who's been a gamer wants yeah. to prove himself wants to play and in a gambler's offense with a good coach who's known for developing talent i like me some chase bryce i just i feel like that's going to be the move and with guys like anthony ratliff williams back as well as some new guys deontes alexander Jojo Ward back, Joshua Moore, new guy, Justin Hall. There's just a lot of talent there that I'm kind of on board with. And Montel Cozart and Kenji Bahar didn't wow us last year is basically what this comes down to. And I yeah. think Chase Bryce could show up in a big way for the gamblers if he plays in the USFL. I would speculatively take him 101. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that pick. And I – if I remember correctly, they also drafted his top receiver from college. So um, if that's who I'm remembering correctly from the uh, the college draft the USFL had, that's, I mean, obviously that's big, a guy that you're comfortable with. You could also talk me into DeAndre Johnson, who no longer has Luis Perez to steal snaps from him. And with a year in that system, I'm excited to see what he's going to do because last year, DeAndre Johnson looked like the most pro ready quarter had the most pro arm. I shouldn't say most pro ready had the <laughs> most pro arm in the USFL last year. It yeah. Looked like they, he was, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say they drafted the guy from, uh, it used to be the former Nebraska Cornhusker, Adrian Martinez. That doesn't scare me at all. That's, that's gotta be DeAndre's team. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I'm also interested to see what happens in New Orleans. You know, New Orleans obviously made a lot of noise. They brought in Akil Glass, a quarterback. They drafted Davis Cheek, and then they went out and got McLeod, McLeod Bethel-Thompson out of the CFL to be the old man in there. But Akil Glass was someone who people were talking about as getting some NFL buzz. And so it'll be really interesting to see how he looks with John Filippo, especially with what is the – probably the best receiving tandem in the USFL, Johnny Dixon and Jonathan Adams again. 
Yeah, agreed. And McLeod Bethel Thompson winning the Grey Cup last year, now in the USFL. That's um, that was one of the most interesting offseason moves for me. But he's thirty-four. Does yeah. he have that dog in him anymore to do the spring football grind? Guess we'll find out. We'll find out. Stay tuned for our USFL draft preview episode. We need some time to get immersed in those numbers. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining. Don't forget, Alt Fantasy Store is open. Get your Alt Fantasy shirts, mugs, everything you could possibly want. I'm sure Justin will be kitted out in the next couple weeks. For sure. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. That is Justin Mark, the one, the only the only Cornhusker who's this into spring football. And I'm Adam Pelletier. We will see you next time. Nova Production.